what really matters is we know that we're having chips in space. We're learning. Yeah, what matters is we're learning. Well, we know where we're going, but we don't know where we've been. And we know what we're knowing, but we can't say what we've seen. Okay, no one thinks I'm funny. (laughs) I'm being confused. I was about to pick that up, but I think I may be thinking of a different song. And we're not little children. Because we don't know what we want. I can't remember the rest of the words. Yeah, and I'm thinking of a different song completely. No One Further, an actual play podcast of Last Fleet. Uh, hosted by Off the Table, and we are here to welcome everyone to uh, back to this. We're doing another recording, and I don't know how long it was since the previous episode, because I'm clueless. But we are going to have everyone introduce themselves, uh, saying who you are, uh, your pronouns, your playbook, your character names, and their pronouns as well. So let's start this off with Levi. Hey, uh, my name is Levi. My pronouns are he, they. Today I shall be playing Chief Kartik Gamboli. He is an engineer. His playbook is a Sagittarius. And fun fact, he's really good at Sudoku puzzles. Okay. Robin, you're next. Hi, everyone. I'm Robin. I use she, her pronouns. Today I am playing Alistair Liu, who uses he, him pronouns. He is the Taurus playbook, and he is the captain of the Wine and Dine unit. <laughs> Matthias. Hi, I'm Matthias. I use he him pronouns and I play Elias A. Sarachineska, also he him pronouns, and he is the commander of the great sword class battleship, the Patroclus. And Elias is the Pisces playbook. Okay. And Summer. Hi, I'm Summer. I use she her pronouns and I am playing Jovi Castor, who also uses she her pronouns. She is the influencer. And the Gemini playbook. Okay. Then I am Dave. I play the NPCs and uh, all of them. We are using several safety tools. We're using XN and O cards uh, for safety during play as well as lines and veils. And as always for the audience, as I'm trying to take a hint from Summer and her other (laughs) podcasts and point out that this is an open door policy. If you need to take a break, hit pause, step away, do something, come back later, don't come back at all, whatever. Take care of yourself. It's more important that you take care of yourself than listen to us play a role-playing game on the internet. <laughs> Today, 
we are going to have the song Which Side Are You On by Pete Seeger. Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? They say in Harlan County there are no neutrals there. You'll either be a union man or a thug for J.H. Blair. My daddy was a miner, and I'm a miner's son. He'll be with you fellow workers until the battle's won. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Oh, workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a lousy scab, or will you be a man? Come all you good workers, good news to you I'll tell, of how the good old Union has come in here to dwell. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Alerta, alerta. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It's a secret. Okay. <laughs> a, a, a Pete secret. I'm feeling but I need I'm... to now, like, listen to more of Pete's music so I can get in on this Pete secret. No, it's a chant um, by anti- anti-fascists. Oh, okay. Let's see. Where did we want to open up? Uh, are we going to do our Oh, stuff? yes, we should do the review. So last time we opened on the reactions of... Alistair and Jovi in seeing the crashed ships. Alistair Stair radioed back and Jovi was dropped off on the second undamaged ship in order to try to help get crowds under control and stuff. Did anything change during that? I don't feel like it did. I don't think so. Okay. So uh, did anyone suffer a blow? Uh, Did anyone alienate someone they care about? Did you antagonize a faction? Did the fleet, its people, or resources take a significant blow? Did the fleet gain new resources or skilled people? Or was there was the scene a major turning point? I'm going to guess no for Alistair and Jovi before the job, drop-off. Jovi getting things calm. So Jovi entered the ship, uh, took control of the situation, helped calm things down, sort of announcing that she was there and helping just have an order to everything that's going on with the chaos. Did that end up uh, changing anything? I think we said that it was a, t- a turning point. Would it, is that not, do we not think that's major enough? Because it being a major turning point is a change to momentum, but I don't know. I think we agreed in the moment that like that particular thing wasn't quite, wasn't quite enough, though uh, looking back on it now, uh, I'll leave that to uh, y'all. I think we said it was public and impressive, but not severe when you did the Takla crisis. Yeah, that's what we said. As for the next scene, Alistair ended up uh, going onto the damaged civilian ship and ended up basically sacrificing his place on board in order to cram as many people on, but stay stay on the broken ship himself to try to get people under control and stuff. Did anything change in that scene, Robin? Not based on the criteria on the GM sheet. I don't think so. Okay. Elias ended up having a call with Vice President Matthews, where Matthews basically said, keep me appraised. And Elias said, you'll get a full report after everything has ended. And did that end up changing anything with the relationship between you two, Elias? No, I don't think so. Okay. Kartik, uh... Elias ended up telling you that you are leading the recovery op, and then Elias ended up calling Miss Koval and agreeing to their favor concerning getting in contact with Jovi for promoting the recyclers. Yeah, 
nothing uh, that's on the list on my end. Okay. Jovi, you were live streaming the uh, people from the undamaged side of the ship arrive on the second undamaged ship. And we're sort of live streaming the situation as the fleet showed up and the whole deck came back online, being the social media. And basically helping keep everyone appraised of the situations and everything to see what was happening with that. G ended up arriving back and was visibly shaken. And you talked with her briefly and you ended up sending her to get some photos and stuff from like families reuniting, etc. Do you think anything changed with that? The only thing that I can think that might do something is, well, I don't know. It's hard with Jolie because she doesn't really, I don't know, she doesn't really internalize things very well. I'm looking at the top one. Did someone suffer a blow, social, emotional, or physical? Do something exhausting exhausting, or give get given a truly daunting task? That's kind of, I'm feeling like this might fall into that, but... At the same time, I don't think, I don't know if that warrants marking a pressure or not. Okay. We can also play it out a little and see how it affects Jovi and play and stuff. And if you end up changing your mind on that, you can end up marking it then. Yeah, sounds good. Additionally, Alistair ended up staying behind and working with people who had left, or working to handle the people who had left, get them, calm down. Jovi's broadcast and such ended up helping calm the situation as they could you know, be aware that Jovi had come here with Alistair and that ended up sort of bolstering, I don't know, the notoriety isn't the right word, but like the name, My like people reputability? recognize. Yes, <laughs> that one. <laughs> the reputability of Alistair allowing him to help calm the situation more effectively. But that did have some blowback as communication is both ways and Someone in the background of Jovi's stream ended up shouting that there were still people trapped aboard the ship that uh, couldn't get out or get to their escape pods. And then, did anything change there? I think it could be argued that it's the first one to like do something exhausting or get given a truly daunting task. But I do know that we marked, I think we marked pressure for this previously, correct? I think so. Yeah. I think you marked one. Did you mark one? I don't think you marked one in the scene. Okay. So maybe I should do that. Okay. And that brings me up to a beautiful three pressure. If I mark pressure, I also mark XP though, correct? That you do. Woo! And then finally, the last scene was Miss Koval ended up appearing and calling Kartik aboard her ship where they were going to try to repair structural damage aboard the president's ship before we ended up cutting away. It was a quick meeting sort of situation. Yeah. Uh, I think we mentioned that could potentially lead to Kartik increasing loyalty with the uh, recyclers, but uh, that's something that we'll probably have to find out like when uh, that like job happens. And uh, backtracking a little bit, in the prior scene, Kartik was given a daunting task, but that led into the fiction of him waiting helplessly. So I already marked plenty of pressure for that for that one. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. And as a fleet, we're at uh, three attrition and minus one momentum. And we all know what that means. <laughs> so, uh, attrition is the measure of how badly the fleet is off right now. And then momentum is how the war is going. So if 
the momentum changes, it's a notable like shift in the like flow of the war. But if attrition changes, it usually means that assets of the fleet are damaged. Tied together somewhat in the fiction, but not one-to-one. Awesome. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's jump in with Kartik. Kartik, you end up taking off with Miss Koval in the ship, and as you end up entering, as I mentioned in the last episode, this is sort of not the sleek, more elegant designs that you're used to seeing from the ships of the military, or even civilian ships. This is almost scrapped together itself, sort of large, boxish almost, and has these rockets on legs that end up being able to change directions to propel it in various ways. And as you step on board, the outside is very much like the inside. It's very square, like the hallways are almost perfectly square and lined up with each other rather than like some of the curving hallways of the fleet's ships. And everything is very compact. And when you like look into one room, you can see that this room is filled with tools and supplies for this task. And this room has, you know, things for cutting. This one has like tools for ending up repairing electrical equipment. And it's very pragmatic. Everything has a place. Everything is functional. And that's the highest purpose of this ship just functionality. And as you end up feeling the ship take off, uh, the rattle ends up sort of shaking you as it lifts up off the ground again and heads towards the exit of the ship. You end up entering into the main crew area, which is pretty compact. It's just a few rows of seats all facing in a line. So people are facing towards each other. And there's about eight other people besides you and Miss Koval on this ship. Yeah, I think he's just kind of like taking it in, kind of like essentially absorbing all that information. And it's kind of like, then like once he gets into that crew scene, he just like politely nods at each of them. And I think uh, once he kind of gets into there, uh, he just kind of says, so my plan is essentially get a, an assessment on the state of I think I'm just going to name just the president's ship here. Get a good look at Federation 1, see what can be salvaged, what can't, and essentially try to stay out of the rest of the fleet's way until we have the all-clear from Patroclus Actual. Well, first off, that was already the goal before we ended up picking you up. We were going to be trying to see what we can end up salvage, ideally fix as much as possible. My crew here, they are already more than capable of uh, assessing structural damage. We have numerous specialists on board. Engines, right over there. And uh, she just points at various people and lists off their uh, what their expertise is. And I think she has like a look at you and says, I honestly don't know what your specialty is. My line of work, you have to do a little bit of everything. No specialty, then. Well, mostly, we especially need you here because it's the president's ship. We need sign-offs on everything. Most of my men here aren't officially... They know what they're doing, but they need someone to just give a sign-off. We honestly don't even need you to check the work. We just need your presence there to say it's okay. All right. More than capable of doing that. Okay. Is there anything particular that you're thinking... 
because you may have more information about this than we do. All we know is there was a crash. And feel free if you like have any information about the president's ship or something that you want to make up to add it during this time. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking much on like uh, the ship itself, but it'll essentially like relay the visual of that like uh, most of the damage is going to be towards the nose of the ship where it impacted. So that's going to be where like more of the attention is going to need to be. And then everything else is just for the sake of completion, get a quick look at the rest of the ship. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Everyone, you know your tasks, you know what to check front of the ship, work your way back, see what we can end up repairing and fixing if possible. Everyone get in your suits. And, uh, I think she gestures to one of the doors behind her, which opens up and it has a bunch of essentially flight suits uh, pressurized with air tanks as well, so you can withstand the vacuum of space for a short period of time. Yeah, I think uh, Kartik will actually, like, way last to kind of communicate, like, the entire crew is going to have their needs met, including uh, Miss Koval, essentially have his requirement met last, if that makes sense. Okay. As you end up approaching the ship, you sort of feel the ride. It's been smoother without, you know, when you're just traveling consistently in one direction. You feel it bump and shake a bit as it ends up slowing down and coming to a rest right outside the right outside the damaged Federation 1 ship. And everyone sort of files into an airlock and attaches their winch cables to their suits so they can end up having an attachment to the ship still. And you feel the air around you being pulled out, and then the bay door opens, and you're all just floating weightless in space just outside of Federation 1. So this is something that would normally be uh, you need to roll... Uh, I forget the name of the move for, but would Kartik already be able to make a move at increased scale? What do you mean exactly? Uh, when you call for aid from a faction? Yeah. Yes, yes, You because Elias already called on that. Yeah. So this could be just the engineering move, or it could be Tinkerer, where you take something apart, roll sharp on a hit, pick one from a list, 10 plus, get plus one forward on the results, learn how it works, gain useful parts, rebuild it, and improvement, and either of those last two, I think, work for a... Uh, Salvage operation. Okay, are you going salvage or repair? I'm, what's your priority here? I think for this one, it's going to be repair. It's going to be... Mm, you know what? Uh, the VP already has... Pr- probably has a ship he can operate out of. This one's going to be more of a salv- salvage operation. Just get what's useful out of it. Okay. Um, okay, that is an eight. So, yeah, this seems just like gain useful part like as soon as like the crisis is tackled just take it out of the civilian ship and kind of gut it okay yeah uh progress is definitely slow just because of you know how messy and everything it is and you're working literally in a zero g environment right and have to be careful that none of your suits get punctured as well so the going is very slow but you are able to start cannibalizing the Federation One ship. As you do so, you get a radio from one of the other people on the side of the ship, and it goes, uh, Nadia, 
This is one of the windows to the president's ship is completely uh, cracked open. I don't feel much pressure of air leaking out of it anymore either. I'm not sure what the life support status inside is. And Miss Koval replies, Seal it up as best you can. Is uh, Kartik doing anything when he hears that news? How does Kartik react to that? He's just going to say, if there are in any of the rooms that there are people, the uh, the three will likely want me to uh, get a report on that, so I will uh, go to go where that was. Um, and then he will like, call over the radio. Sorry, which one, which room was that? It was the uh, on the starboard deck, the uh, one to fifth window in. Copy. On head your way. I think Miss Koval looks at you, like slowly turns and looks through the spacesuit and goes, "You gonna go in through that window or?" What's the plan? In order to get a better visual on the interior, I'm going to just head through there. Okay. Uh, if you want, we... I. It's hard to say what the air situation inside is, but you can end up trying to use the uh, airlock manually activating it and going in through there if you want to get to the interior of the ship. Otherwise, you're going to have to cut your way in. Good point. Uh, it's better to get it done quick, so I'll, I'll try the window. Okay. Sounds good. And yeah, I, I think Matthias's description in chat is accurate. There's like little bursts of comms that are coming over between the uh, various discussions like uh, got a coolant leak over here or working on cutting through this beam to try to end up pulling enmeshed material from Federation 1 and the civilian ship apart. And we hear like the little tss, tss, tss yeah. as you slowly glide your way over to the window where one of the members of the recyclers is. And as we see you gliding, we end up cutting over to Alistair. Alistair, as this is happening, you are trying to get people under control, correct? I think it's less at this point trying to get people under control and trying to get people out of the most damaged parts of the larger uh ship like if anyone's injured or is suffering from oxygen deprivation to get them to somewhere where they're going to be able to have more mobility and be able to be rescued easier okay from that point in space one of the current problems is so as you know like everyone is having a hard time breathing other than you who is presumably in your spacesuit correct yeah my exosuit yep and the big problem is that when there was a hull breach detected and air leak was noticed, a bunch of the doors ended up sealing shut in order to prevent all of the air from rushing out. But again, these aren't completely airtight doors, so there is still air leaking out that, like, that's the reason that you guys can breathe still. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be able to get people more air without getting past those doors but getting past those doors is going to make it so more air gets out of the ship as a whole. That seems to be a very frustrating situation that I found myself in. Mm-hmm. I would simply like to not be in this situation. How are you going to not be in this situation? <laughs> is there a another set of doors or a point at which we could seal off that's like closer to the more damaged area or is this it 
Oh, like, is there a set of doors that's closer that you could use to, like, create a bubble in? Yeah. So I want to see if I can, like, kind of create almost an airlock. Yeah. Sort of with the two steps sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with no, because I think all of the doors immediately, like, close to those, close to the air issues, ended up closing. You can... You think you would be able to do that if you managed to open one set of doors, because then a further set of doors would likely close, and you could probably do it with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. But you would have to get past one set of doors without making it so they were inoperable. Okay, so what Alistair is going to do is he is going to find like a subsequent set of doors where there is enough room for people to be somewhat comfortable um, and it's not too damaged, um, okay. but also semi-accessible to the evacuation area. Okay. And he's going to start basically dragging people towards that door before he opens it and then moves them through into the next section. Okay. So is there some way, like, is your military ID badge enough to override the, like, auto lock that these doors normally go under because of the pressure problem? I think it's more interesting if it doesn't. Okay. I think you scan your military ID expecting, because, you know, you get in through most locked doors with that, and it just goes beep, beep. And I try it again. Beep. And I'm going to open up my comms to a general channel, and I'm going to transmit. This is Captain Alistair Leo. I need access to open... Uh, emergency doors that have sealed in order to evacuate civilians. My certifications appear to not be valid, or there is an error uh, currently occurring that is causing this to happen. Um, if anyone hears this, I would appreciate your assistance. Who do you think ends up responding? And anyone can, you know, contribute to this. I'm just curious. I think... <laughs> let me just tell you what i think real quick please i like the idea that somebody is having an almost identical situation like on the other side okay sort of in another area that's sectioned off on the same yeah ship. like like close close to alistair to the point where they could technically meet up okay but i like the idea that maybe it's not maybe it's not somebody who has the credentials to help like by just unlocking but it's somebody who can be helpful in the way that they're dealing with the same problem, and maybe two brains are better than one brain? Hmm. Could be. Okay. Because um, I, I like the idea that our characters are capable without always needing to look up to a higher power, right? Yeah. So I think finding help on, like, the ground level without it just being, like, here's some official to, like, up your, the, you know, restrictions on your badge kind of thing. Like, yeah. I think... It's more interesting if it comes from help with somebody also in this crisis, right? Yeah, I like that. You get a radio back and you hear a voice that says, Yeah, we're facing the same problem over here in block D3. Uh, we're trying to see if we can end up getting and rewiring our way into the panels, but we're facing some difficulties with that too. What are you trying to rewire? Which panels are you accessing? We're accessing the third slot in from the left with some of our equipment. Um, okay. 
So I'm going to come over to your section and see if action on the other side of your doors can open that up. Let me know if anything changes on your side. Okay. So you're going to... Are in, in your mind, are these people then on, like, the other side trying to open the doors for you guys? Like, to try to help get people into the regular main body of the ship? I, yeah, I think these are people probably who are acting under the same goal that I am, which is to evacuate people who are in the more oxygen-deprived areas. Okay. Yeah, you can go over there, and I think... You see through, like, the little porthole window this young lady who's trying frantically with, like, a little electronics toolkit to get in to the port on the other side to try to see if she can end up accessing and opening the doors over there. So what have you been trying to do over with your side? Uh, I've been trying to use my command access codes, but they seem not to be working. What if... (sighs) Is there a way I can get those access codes to try to plug in over here? I can relay them to you, yes. Okay, um, uh, do that then. The first code is Liu Alpha 773 Charlie 869 Omega Epsilon. Okay, uh, Liu Alpha 773 Charlie 869 uh, Omega Epsilon? Uh, that's correct. I think plug in the number in three... Two, one. And then she hits enter on her side. Do you do the same on yours? Yes. Okay, I think that sort of confuses the system, that it's the same code on both sides at the same time, and it opens up and you hear the of air uh, sort of rushing to fill in the low-pressure zone. All right, we have a limited amount of time to get these people out before the oxygen level is becomes fatal. Okay, I can end up helping you if you want. Okay. I have gathered a number of people over here. We need to move them as safely as we can. She ends up walking with you over to the other people and starts helping you carry and move them for the people that aren't capable of doing that themselves, but you definitely see that she is losing her breath very fast as well now. Are you alright? I, I think so. It's just hard to breathe. I mean, okay. I, I knew that, but... Can I <laughs> unseal my exosuit and give basically my oxygen to her? You can. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think you give her the helmet and it seals onto her jumpsuit and you can hear her breathing slow and <sighs> deepen as she catches her breath, but now you're the one who doesn't have air. <laughs> That's okay. Um... <laughs> In a couple trips, you end up getting everyone into or past the door area. Okay. And then can we try and close it? Yeah, you can. Uh, but I'm going to go on the other side. I was going to say you can just close it because it would want to be closed anyways. Okay. Uh, I need her name. Okay. Uh, let's... I think after uh, that door seals and you start like being able to breathe a little more easily as air is no, starting I to, No, I want to be on the other side of the door, like on the dangerous side. Oh, okay. You want to be on the dangerous side without your helmet? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a Robin thing to do. Okay, um, 
I think you both punch I'm, in I'm, the numbers. I'm going to do like that that last minute thing where I like slide in across as the doors are closing. It's unnecessary because it closes it closes side to side. So the sliding actually helps nothing because you're not going underneath <laughs> it, but you still have to do the slide. Fair enough. No, it's like it's like and everybody's like, "No, don't." And then helmet slide. <laughs> So yeah, I, I want to give the impression that I'm going to be staying with them and then at the last minute go to the other side. Okay, okay. So you end up closing the doors and then as the doors are closing, you just slip past and they end up closing behind you. Uh, I think she puts her hand like, you, you hear it like hit the door and she's definitely looking at you through the porthole in the door. What do you do? Civilian, can I have your name? Uh, Serena. Serena, what I need you to do is to take that oxygen and share it among the unconscious people until they come back awake, and then I need you to move them towards the evacuation center. Can you do that for me? I... I can try. Okay. What about you? I'll be okay. You're in there with no oxygen. How can you say you're gonna be okay? Punch in your code. Get in here with us. There's likely still more people who are trapped in here. Okay. It's not worth risking multiple lives, if at all possible. You've done good work, but it's more important that you stay safe and keep those around you safe as well. Okay. Yeah. I think she sort of nods slowly and uh, takes the helmet off, and you can see her, like, turn around and start uh, giving it to people who are unconscious to try to help bring them to and then what do you do i'm gonna send out another general transmission okay what are you going to say on it this is captain alistair leo i am heading towards the president's ship my suit has been compromised on behalf of aiding civilians any assistance would be appreciated and then I'm going to transmit my current location, kind of like a GPS beep. So if anyone has the technology, they can find me. Elias. Yes. You end up getting this beep that comes across uh, your console. What do you end up doing? What, what, is, what is the situation there as well? The, the situation is, upon entering the system, the fleet spread out, like almost in a protective bubble around the two wreckages like obviously like in in a like a safe distance the way we do that is uh we we basically um send out coordinates for the civilian ships to move towards and the patroclus is um you can imagine as being like kind of so if the if 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 the if that bubble of ships kind of forms like an ellipsis around the wreckage. The Patroclus is on the far side, and it's uh, launching the... Uh, uh, it's launching rapiers to like assist with um, the ongoing evacuation. Okay. We're also like launching fighter squadrons to be a screen for any incoming whatever dangerous else might be lurking out in, in, in cold space. Okay. So I get this across and get this ping on our like lovely holographic table, right? Yeah. And got it um, on the holographic table. Yeah. You got it. 
I make note of that and call out to my comms officer to pass on the ping to like the nearest um, drapier that's like approaching from a similar vector to be aware of uh, whatever Polaris is doing out there. Okay. Uh, are you sending someone specifically to rescue uh, Alistair then? No, to to assist. Who, who said I needed rescuing? Exactly. No, to ha- so 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 that he's got someone to to um, assist in whatever. Like this, there must be a reason why why Alistair's doing this, um, um, and he's called for assistance, and uh, so that's being relayed by our comms officer to like the nearest rapier. That's like would make sense to close in on that and to provide whatever assistance the captain needs. Uh, I also have, um, I think if this is, like, uh, as described as doing, had another, like, healing all channels thing, I think Kartik will, like, radio over on the, like, I think the recyclers have, like, just enough pull to get, like, a designated uh, radio channel. So I think he just radios over. I think that's near where the nose of the ship is. Can we, can we get people on there? And I feel like this could be a... Call for aid, potentially. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe I should have done call for aid. <laughs> <laughs> With the military faction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I should have rolled that. Because I was quite literally okay. calling for aid. <laughs> looking looking back. So let me then get some why dice don't... out. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, Summer, you mentioned that Jovi has a code as well. Oh yeah, I did. Would you like to share that? Well, <laughs> do you want me to read it? <laughs> if you want, I'll I'll gladly do it. Go so ahead. for all of you cool kids at home, it's Tango Hotel Alpha Tango, Bravo India Tango Charlie Hotel. Thank you. <laughs> Is that the code for the booty call? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's um, you know, that's her official. Code. That's that's her official her civilian official identification. Civilian identification code. The thing is, like, it wouldn't terribly numbers. surprise me if your mom ended up like being like, "No, th- this is the code she needs." No, this is this is the code that she gave herself, and that n- is not actually her real code. Oh, but... that's disappointing. But okay, yeah, she has a she, well, she has a you know public image to maintain. Oh, okay, that's that's her handle. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Alistair, uh, have you had the chance to roll uh, Call for Aid plus loyalty to military? Yes, I feel like I would have a plus one to military, correct? That seems fair. Why are you asking us? I don't know. <laughs> it's all, Where's your, it, get is your it character on your sheet? sheet out? <laughs> I have, uh, here's, here's my secret, is that I have not written down anything on my character sheet. <laughs> Oh my god, um, Even I have this shit written down. No, I know, but I have I I have a, I have I have my stuff memorized, so Ooh. I know what my stats are. <laughs> but I don't. I don't know what my loyalty is. Ooh. I don't. Did we didn't go through and like assign loyalty? But it would make sense for if Alistair had any loyalty for it to be towards the military. I think you only get. Uh... Loyalty starting out if you don't pick a roll move, which all of us have roll moves. Yeah. But Okay, so it's just plus zero then. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, plus pressure. That's true. I only have three <laughs> pressure right now. Yeah, you can mark some pressure. Well, that was a four, so no matter what I mark, I'm failing. 
That's fun. <laughs> you can mark three pressure, though. No, oh, no she I has can't three because pressure. then that marks that pushes me to a break. Oh, that goes over. Yeah, it goes over. Oh, wait a second. This is perfect. I can help because yeah, can. I'm just standing over the table staring at it. <laughs> yeah, and, you can and... you can end up either rolling to help or you can end up watching helplessly. Wait helplessly yeah, exactly. while there's tackle a major it's... crisis. <laughs> it's it's definitely the latter. It's like the um <laughs> um it's it's Elias uh, leaning over the table and going, "Give me the life readings on that blip." And um what the hell is he doing? It's like we see like the blip moving between between the two racks, right? Um, or right and the two racks. Yeah, and it's it's like um, his that's without helmet. Am I get, am I getting that? And then there's like the closest rapier that I've called like since over a video feed, which like does the hard zoom in, right? And we like see it on screen. <laughs> That Alistair's like, what drifting between uh, like an open space with like without a safety line or anything from one wreckage to the other, and and we see like me gripping the 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 um the edge of the table, knuckles going wide, and then that would Alistair, are you marking two pressure then? Uh, if I so if I mark two pressure, then waiting helplessly just adds a plus one. Which would do? put you to the seven. Yeah, let's do that. I'll mark two pressure. <laughs> okay, and then Matthias, you mark two pressure as well. And that means I've got a full <laughs> yes. pressure line up. <laughs> Me too. Thanks. Hey. <laughs> this is going to be fun. <laughs> so as that ends up happening, Kartik, as you end up like uh, starting to call out, hey, can we get some people over there? You actually see, like, your vision is like, blurred out and you like have to hold your hand up because a light of one of the uh, rapiers ends up coming down and across the comms Alistair you hear uh, a familiar voice as this ship pulls in you might say recklessly fast oh and... no <laughs> Leon <laughs> yeah and you hear uh, Leon's voice come across the comms and say Captain, uh, you asked for some assistance over here? Uh, that would be appreciated. You feel the, like, subtle jolt of, like, the ship as it ends up docking. And Leon comes out in his exosuit and has an additional helmet for you. And tosses it to you and says, Try not to lose yours next time, okay, Captain? I didn't lose it. <coughs> It was, it was a choice. <laughs> Not a very smart one. Okay, uh, let's get people out of here then. Uh, most people are back towards the bulkheads. I'm going to keep going. Um, Jovi. Uh-huh. So you were last in the hangar area. Sure. And uh, people were starting to get riled up again because they were hearing news that people were trapped and unable to escape from the other uh shit yeah what are you doing how are you going to react to that well so here's the deal you are live streaming still right yeah so i think i i was kind of wanting to know okay so here's what happened last time i tackled a crisis on the fleet mm -hmm. and i rolled well enough that 
you know, to like calm things down. Yeah. So I don't want to just immediately roll that again. Yeah, this this is more of like a localized situation, I think. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what shaking off a threat is. Like when when do you shake off a threat? <laughs> because this could be um I'm, I'm For example, to if, you, if you try to drift um, without a space helmet <laughs> in space, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, might yeah. be shaking would, off a threat. Who would sure, do that? Sure, who sure, would do sure. That? Who would do that? <laughs> who would do that? Who would? What do I do? Because because here's the thing. I feel like she's she is live streaming. She is telling her crew to kind of spin it, right? Mm-hmm. She's trying to make sure that her at least the information that's going out on her end is calm orderly i think in this instance yeah shake off a threat would sort of fit here because it is it's legitimately an external threat that is putting specifically your live stream of this calming message in danger yeah and i think that basically what jovi is going to be doing is she's going to kind of dive into the fray a little bit and she's going to start talking to people especially the people who are like instigating hysteria okay because she's seeing that there are people who are obviously going to react to this information a little bit more calmly yes obviously there are people trapped like like we can see what's going on we know what's going on but you freaking out right here is endangering you and it's endangering the people around you and causing an you know a riot right here on this ship when we're trying to save people as many people as possible you're making it more difficult for anyone to do their jobs so she's going to target those people and use her influence, basically, and her charm to be like, here's what we know. I'm not going to – she's never going to lie to them. She's going to say, this is what we know. This is what is happening. And she's going to try and spin those particular people to be – rather than instigators, to be people who are calming everybody down, if that makes sense. Okay. Um So – I can roll to shake it off for sure. Yeah, and then let's see how that ends up playing out both, you know, in mechanically and the fiction. Well, you know I'm not hard, but <laughs> time will tell. Okay, I rolled a seven. Okay. On uh, seven so plus nine, zero. GM chooses. It's out of the frying pan into the fire. You don't escape unscathed. You lose or use up something in the process. The threat intensifies, escalates, or targets someone else. I do shake it off, though, on a hit. Yes, you do shake it off, <laughs> though, on do a hit. I'm sorry, it, I should have clarified No, it's totally that. fine. <laughs> I think... So the stream is not in danger, but... Yeah, because sort of addressing it in this way is definitely an interesting use, and I'm still sort of, like, looking at yeah. how it would go about happening from this angle. I think that it's sort of like... I think what happens... Yeah. I'm happy to get hurt, just by the way. Yeah, I I was gonna actually (laughs) say that sort of thing. I think what's happening is, as you sort of plunge into this hysteria, it's Mm -hmm. definitely, like, growing and swelling in intensity as you end up heading in there. And Ashira is following behind you with the camera, live-streaming everything. And I think what happens is we see, like, this person, like, definitely the center of everything, sort of, like, pointing at his, like, phone and shouting about everything. And how how do you end up approaching him? Yeah, I think she's kind of just, like, literally pushing people out of her way. Um, she's not going to hurt anybody, obviously. She is on camera, so she wants to be, like, gentle, but she ha- she's going to f- make her way yeah, over to Yeah, sort of the them. gentle push. Yeah, and I think she's just going to, she's going to put her hands on their shoulders and, like, kind of 
look at them and just like make that personal connection of of really looking at them and being like, it's okay. Like, and start calmly talking. This is a retail technique, everybody, but they say if anybody's ever mad at you or yelling, you should talk softer than them because it forces them to also talk softer so they can hear you. Um, and it can really help de-escalate situations. So that's a good tip. Um, yeah. So she's talking softly but firmly to this person, and she's basically being like, I know this is bad. I know this looks bad. I know that you have family and friends on this other ship. We are doing everything we can to get them over here. What do you mean everything you can? And I think as you say that and like you have yeah. your hands on his shoulders, I think he like pushes your hands off and shoves you backwards. Yeah. And you sort of go crashing to the ground. And like yeah. everyone like sort of steps back and gets like deathly quiet because this person just pushed Jovi. Yeah. And never I, been done before. <laughs> and I think. As soon as, like, they do that, he sort of, like, realizes what he's done. And, like, his face goes just completely pale. And, like, his outrage stops, in a sense. And he goes, oh, shit, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She is, like, holding up her hand. I think, like, she hit the ground pretty hard. Yeah, like, um, probably the wind knocked out of you sort of thing. Yeah. And she just kind of puts up her hand and she's like, it's okay. It's okay. And she, like, gets up, back up to her feet. She's like, we're all stressed. We're all panicking. It's okay. You don't owe me an apology. He just goes, I, I'm sorry, I, and I think, like, he sort of is backing away, and people are crowding him around, around him again as he mm -hmm. backs away, but not in the same way as before. You feel that this is, like, scorn and spite, like, crowding around someone. Like, a lot of peer pressure directed at him because he ended up touching you. And pretty soon he's, like, disappeared from view as he's, like, retreating from the scene. Yeah, I think she probably just starts talking to the people who can hear her and is just saying, like, you know, we're all under incredible pressure right now. We... We don't need to turn on each other. We don't need to snap at each other. We need to be ready to continue to receive civilians that need help and she's gonna try and like get everybody reorganized um i assume that that the person who was calling the instructions over the comm is probably still going uh so she's probably just trying to you know get everybody back on track yeah and i think based on the work that like alistair and jovi have been doing that like between the calling for aid and getting more ships actually in the location to help funnel people out a lot of these people are ending up being pulled out of the wreckage and uh or you know the the damaged ship and everything is proceeding at least with some sense of regularity and that's when i would like to cut back to kartik to see what uh he is doing uh yeah i think he uh meets up with the uh recycler that was like heading towards the ship and i just uh say to them if there are any civilians or any any bodies I need recovering, the fleet's going to want to report on that. I'll I'll have to uh, check in there. So um, keep keep an eye on the exit. And then I think he kind of like has to uh, pull the window enough for him to actually uh, get in. I think there's like as you pull out the window, there's like a little as like barely any pressure that was remaining inside the ship, sort of like 
leaves. Yeah, I, th- I think he will um, like uh, open a dress enough to like squeeze his way through, then like push the other person. I mean, help the other person kind of like push it shut because um, Scoville wanted them to seal the window. Is that correct? Yeah. So yeah, he's just going to make sure that they can do that uh, easy enough, and then just uh, start scanning the room and. Like, kind of making his way through the ship. Yeah, I think, Kartik, you are walking alone, and we, like, hear, even though, like, no, I think it's very clear that we don't hear your footsteps as you walk through the hallway. Gravity is on in the ship and everything, and we, like, as you take these slow, plodding steps, you're sort of looking around, and we hear the, like, breathing through your suit. And you open the doors as there's no one in this room, and it's like a small hallway, and you end up like rounding into one of the further back rooms because no one was like having to pilot the ship itself at the time because everything was pretty normal. And in a jump, you literally just jump, you're pulled with it. And as you head into like what is essentially the cabinet room normally like when the president hosts meetings on his ship i think you see the president and a few aides just standing around the room sort of slumped and not breathing anymore yeah i think he just kind of like he's almost like startled at that and like he he has that kind of moment because kartik's not like particularly familiar with this kind of thing, so he kind of like, like covers like the bit of helmet over his exosuit, like that little bit of helmet over his mouth. <clears throat> then he'll like radio to Patchcos Actual. This is Chief Tamboli. Uh, I, I am in the interior of Federation One. The president and four aides uh, found dead. I will report with fu- with fu- further information. This is Petrokos actual. Can you repeat that? The president and four aides are found dead. Chief, make sure you make sure you confiscate and secure the bodies. Copy. All of them. All of them. I'm, I may need uh, there are five people here, and there may be others in the ship. I may need a small team to recover them. Copy that. You've got help on your way. Who is this help? I mean, we we sent out <laughs> the rapiers, right? So there's military personnel is yeah. on the way. And apparently uh, Alistair is on the way. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Alistair and, and Leon are in the area. Yeah, so um, that's also then someone with, like, if, if uh, Katik needs more, um, yeah, like, or authoritative backup. Yeah. There's that. Someone who knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> Or someone who knows how to order other people around. Mm. Kind of. Yeah, I think that's like a little bit of a stretch because I don't think anyone knows what they're doing in this situation. <laughs> Send me, I'll tell people what to do. <laughs> um, yeah, but on your comms, you get a hiss. And I think it's a little bit distorted, even though we're like near each other. I think it's just, I think it, it there's like a little incongruency between the helmet of the exosuit that I was given and the rest of the suit that i'm wearing and so it's a little bit garbled like it doesn't quite like they're two different models so it's Ah, not 
the right thing, but... Chief Tamboli, this is Captain Lu. I am coming towards your location. Remain in your position. Uh, he just kind of gives a little, hmm. Then, uh, Ray is over. Copy that, Captain Liu. Uh, a few minutes later, I presume Leon and Alistair show up. Captain? Ensign? Then he'll, like, kind of, like, uh, nod towards where, like, the door into the, into the cannon room is. His boys aren't there. Gonna need a minimum of the, of extra sets of hands. Right, let's begin. And I, he just kind of, like, nods and goes back into the room. Okay. And I think as we see them offload the bodies of the president and their aides, I think that is where we end. So, let's see. Who are you and where can people find you? Let's start this time with Matthias. Hi, I'm Matthias. You can find me at MTHSBLGR on Twitter. And next time we're going to see our first breaking point actions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excited for that. Next, Levi. Hey, I'm Levi. Levi Phipps 97 on the Twitters, Levi hyphen Phipps on itch.io. You can also find me doing some RPG stuff on Playbooks and Pals. Okay. Robin. Hi, everyone. I'm Robin. You can find me on Twitter at r underscore omulus, and I will post everything that I'm doing on streaming or creative wise uh, through there. Okay. Summer. Hi, it's me, Summer. You can find me on Twitter at Just a Summer Job. That is where I tweet and retweet about everything that I've got going on. Obviously, I'm on this podcast, but also I run two Urban Shadows podcasts, Cape Lorelei and Isido Beach. Um, you can also find those on my Twitter and on the Off the Table Twitter. That's off underscore the table. Yeah, speaking of Off the Table, uh, make sure to follow them on Twitter. Also follow them on Twitch at twitch.tv slash off underscore the table. Please leave a review for the podcast and tune into the other podcasts for Urban Shadows and other various live shows for RPGs that Off the Table has. If you're interested in other things I do, you can find my Twitter where I repost that stuff at uh, at Advanced Stick, which is a new plug because I changed my handle recently. But yeah, that is all, and we will see you next time. Goodbye. Me at me. Don't wave, don't wave, don't wave. wave. (laughs) I was so close.